0: Welcome to the Pantheon Plus Rewind.
1: What's up? Welcome in, everyone. Welcome to episode 40. Man, can you believe it? It's been 40 episodes already. Oh, they grew up so fast. And <laughs> if this is your first time joining us, this is the Rewind. And this is a podcast where we have a fun little fireside chats all about Pantheon Rise of the Fallen, which is an upcoming MMORPG by Visionary Realms. And we dig deep into the official latest in news and notes, and we talk about what the community's up to and a whole lot more. But um, like the game, this is no single player MMO, and this is all about the group. So I, as always, do turn to my shadowy sidekick, my co-host. Minus, how are you this fine day, my friend?
0: Uh oh, doing good, man. Um, having a lot of fun. Uh, got a lot of. We both were talking about the fact that we have quite a bit on our plates right now. We're we're sh- mm-hmm. shuffling through and trying to you know, find a, a good routine. You know, we started up our MMORPG class sessions. Uh, Guild Wars 2 was not the fun we'd hoped it would be.
1: <laughs> but it, was, it was tolerable, yes.
0: Yeah, but now uh, we're we're getting into EQ2. We we made our characters the other night and kind of just stood around at the beginning and uh, we had a lot of fun with it, joked about Cash Shop. I already bought a Cash Shop appearance, uh, which was great.
1: <laughs> Within the first five minutes. <laughs> See, no. the problem is I wasn't there to I'm your protector I'm your cash shop protector I always steer you away but I was not logged in yet so yeah you know yeah I'm
0: that's without, your fault but um no <laughs> I actually had um like the the currency EQ2 uses they give you um when you uh subscribe and I had had a subscription when I did the time lock server a bit back with Nathan so I had that already in my account. So I didn't actually put any more money than I had you know, put in just to having a subscription. So it wasn't as bad as it looks, but I definitely look like a badass now. I'm pretty happy I did it.
1: Yeah, I have to admit, it's a cool little rogue outfit, I, I must say. So I'm glad I'm glad that we're doing that game next. That's going to be a lot of fun. But uh, even just standing around talking, just me and, and you and uh, Nathan and Drac and uh, Breakout, uh, who's joining us, actually, it was um, it was just fun standing around. So I'm looking forward to it
0: yeah we might even have i want not i don't want to say it just in case we may even have another guest around our party of six out which will be a lot of fun for the pantheon community so we'll see what happens there but i'm yeah, ready this, this is gonna be a big show we got a lot of news a lot of twitter stuff to talk about are you good to go what are you thinking yeah no let's get to it man this week in visionary realms news and notes OK, so a lot to talk about in VR news and the Twitter and, and that kind of stuff. We're going to start before we jump into Twitter. We're going to talk about some of the news with um, Pantheon hiring an HR a member to their team, a tester introducing a new board member and securing funds to help with 2021 plans. So I'm going to read a couple of things here for you. Um, this is actually from the Visionary Realms website. I think that a lot of people may have missed this update because there was a Visionary Realms website update that was a little more professional. And then there was like the Pantheon MMO update. They were slightly different what they talked about and how they talked about it. So uh, the first thing I want to do is just read you very quickly what was said on this Visionary Realms news release. Uh, I'll quote it and then just give a couple uh, ideas that I had about it. So Uh, They said, quote, Visionary Realms, a multiple award winning independent video game studio today announced a seven figure investment into Pantheon Rise of the Fallen. The investment provides a runway for Visionary Realms to bring the utterly anticipated uh, multiplayer online role playing game uh, Pantheon Rise of the Fallen to its goals in 2021 and beyond. The studio plans to use the funds to continue the game's development, begin preparations to support over 8,000 players already signed up for Alpha, and strengthen its back-end systems, supporting the game client accounts and front-end web platforms. In addition to this achievement, Christopher R. Cronenthal, I think I got that right, will (laughs) join the company as a board member. Chris is widely recognized for his expertise in managing and architecting global solutions and omni-channel environments for the world's largest brands and and providing Fortune 500 companies with industry-leading solutions, consulting to drive global commerce connectivity and payment security. And finally, it says, we are very fortunate to have Chris join us, having his support in closing the financial round, says Chris Rowan. The partnership just makes sense. He has an incredible insight and a rare acumen that aligns with all of our goals with Pantheon, and visionary realms as a company um cronenthal added it is clear the team at visionary realms is deeply committed and competent in all things related to game design and ecosystem technology and architecture their expression of the world of pantheon is extremely evident and i'm confident that the game of all types, gamers of all types will enjoy this epic adventure so ooh, a lot there mm-hmm. um so at the end of the day, what are some of the notes I have here? So it's big news for visionary realms because number one, that first line, seven figure investment. So what's that mean? It could be a million dollars. It could be nine hundred nine million, you know, nine hundred ninety nine thousand. <laughs> you know, you get a point. So it's somewhere in there. My guess is probably low. I think it's probably somewhere around the two to four million range is my guess. Um, and that's huge. That's still huge. Um and it appears one of the biggest things to take away from that is that they have a, a pretty strategic plan and roadmap internally laid down for 2021. And this funding is going to get them through that and beyond. So that's exciting. Now, for mm-hmm. those that don't know Chris, um, he's the president of a group called Freedom Pay. So I went on the wiki and just got a very little blurb about Freedom Pay, which I'm going to read here real quick. In 2007, Freedom Pay developed a gateway for credit card processing called Freeway. This captures detailed transaction data. The data can be mined for real-time intelligence from disparate systems, allowing merchants insight into their sales. Using the data, Freedom Play launched a cloud-based platform as a service and a first-generation incentives platform. This platform gives merchants the ability to launch targeted incentives based on buying habits and deliver the ability to track the progress of incentives against live sales. So with the launch of Freedom Play's uh, commerce platform in 2009, the customers can now deliver those incentives in real time to customers' mobile phones, enable mobile payments. All of this technology is based on open architecture, which is really cool. It's protected by high-level security. So uh, it's even noted um, on a side note here that even Microsoft uses this company and has its commerce platform partnered up. uh, And they do that for global banking and retail. So it's a pretty well-respected company. So one mm-hmm. can only wonder what Chris is going to bring, you know, to the board and how he can help steer this game to launch. I think that's a, a pretty, I think, don't sleep on how big this is. What are your thoughts on that real quick, Derek?
1: Yeah, I've got, I've got two, uh, two thoughts on it really. And the first is, um, like you said, don't sleep on how big this is because sometimes to get the ball rolling, you just need one little snowball, right. To start the avalanche. And um, when other investors see somebody investing heavily, you know, and, and we, we don't want to, you know. In the world of high finance, you know maybe a million or even ten million is is peanuts, but you know it it can be the peanut that starts the the flood of of money coming in and in investment. You never know. So, being the first is often the hardest, but it certainly never it, it's usually a, a portent to good things. Right, good things are going to happen. The other thing I want to point out here is this is actually something um, I found on the forums in terms of somebody had asked about the relationship between uh, Chris's company Freedom Pay and VR, right? So, sort of speculating that there was, oh, this is why he's involved because they're doing this as uh, because his company can help, you know, or can do something for the game. And, and Artois, the uh, community service, customer service manager, I think is what his title is yeah. for VR, actually stepped in and clarified that, which is a really good thing to do. And he said, um while he may work for them it doesn't mean we have a relationship with freedom pay there's no relationship between freedom pay and vr Mm -hmm. Uh, board members are not necessarily doing business with us and are rather fans of pantheon and visionary realms and can lend their experience so i think that's a really important clarification right to sort of say like this is not he's not bringing his company to this game he's bringing his you know investment as a as a individual to the game and lending is support. So I think that's a, a good clarification on this.
0: That is a great bring up. Great find there. That's awesome. Like that it's a lot of clarity out there. So good stuff. Yeah. So the next piece that they announced and a little bit shorter here, but they wanted to welcome two new members of the team. We had uh, Mark and Jenna um, both came into the team uh, and Jenna is returning to the team actually with VR. They, uh, she was with them previously and she's heading up HR for the team and Mark is going to be helping with testing So both of them bring a lot of experience and are nice pieces to add to the team that are looking to expand and work their way through 2021 roadmap, as we were just talking about. I'm personally really hoping Jenna can help with recruiting as they're still looking for that technical artist job post that they put out there. And I'm sure probably some more positions soon. And there's a big difference between, you know, being a company with an exciting game. You know, it is still a smaller crowd and, you know, putting out, you know, on the website, putting out we're looking for this or putting out on some job boards. First, having an experienced HR person who can recruit these people in is a huge mm-hmm. difference, especially in this day and age where internet postings don't have the power they used to because everybody's using them. Right. Um, so, yeah, the big difference between getting those filled is really an HR person, in my opinion. And I've I've been in HR. Um, I've, I've pretty much my entire career worked with an HR partner. So I think that there's a lot of people that see that and say, oh, why are they doing this Um I really believe this is much bigger than most people understand from my own professional experience. Um, mm-hmm. And again, that recruiting piece is a big, big deal. So fingers crossed on that.
1: Yeah. You know, it's funny when I see this. One of the things that stood out to me is um, how she's returning to the team. You know, a lot of times employees, when they leave, um, they don't come back You know, in, <laughs> yeah. in a lot of jobs. But point. VR is actually getting known for this. I think, you know, it sort of seems like uh, something that's uh, characteristic of their company is that people work and then they, they leave and then they come back. You know, we know, we know a couple people that have done that, uh, um, with the company and that's a really good sign of a company. I mean, if you leave a company on bad terms, you don't go back to that company. Or if you believe that that company is like not doing thing, you know, or not a, not a good company to work for, you don't go back to that company. So multiple people that's happened with it. I think that's awesome. I think it's a great sort of indicator of the, the health of the company in terms of, uh, overall, uh, you know, the workplace sort of vibe that, that's going on there. And I, I heard the same sort of criticisms about people saying, well, you know, they should be hiring, you know, more um, programmers, they should be hiring more back end people and that kind of thing. But, you know, it's like you said, you know, if you've worked in, in, you know, uh, really any business, you under, you appreciate how big a role doing HR is and and the yeah. importance of getting the right people in the right positions and having something you can't really run a business without a solid HR. Um, and as for mark, um it's great that he's been in in the community for so long. you know, I think they've described him as sort of a lurker in the community, but also <laughs> with a background. He was the monk lead, I believe in um for Vanguard uh, yeah. when Vanguard was getting developed. if I'm not mistaken which is which is a great um some great credentials to have. Uh, so uh, yeah both both good moves and again team expanding always a good sign so happy to see yeah.
0: that internal testers the more that they can actually bring on board that's a big deal um, yes mm-hmm. you know as pre-alpha testers we all want to get in there I'm sure all the, the VIPs want to get in there and test the game but at the end of the day there's a lot being done when they're not ready to open servers and the more testers they have internally that are going to be working their butts off to do that someone like Sacred for example who's not so much a I don't know what you call Sacred he kind of does everything uh, he's like the <laughs> Math Back of all guy. Yeah, he's like a math guy. But but, you know, he's obviously mathing and testing and mathing and testing. So even having someone to test so he can focus on certain things like it's these are big deals. I think everybody wants to see the grand slam of all art people. Everyone's so focused on art. But remember, the core game is, is more important than art right now. It's super yeah. more important. And these are these are core, you know, core members of the team that's going to help the company succeed and push forward. And that's really what everybody wants. So.
1: Yeah. And no, I mean, I I like that the team is not, I mean, I don't think I've never thought they needed a huge, huge team. i thought they needed a small lean team that works really efficiently. And and I I continue to see that from them. So it's encouraging. Yeah.
0: Now we're not going to go much more into the investment piece because we are bringing back two weeks straight controversy (laughs) or is it? We're going to talk a little bit about the investment, which is kind of funny to me. We'll get to that later. So let's mm. jump to Twitter. We had two pretty fun community debates, I think, that were worth talking about. And the first one here is, what features or mechanics are you most looking forward to in Pantheon and why? So let's start mm-hmm. with Kevin. Um, and they said, um, someone who has every single past life that Dungeons & Dragons Online has to offer, the progeny system mentioned a while ago has me deeply interested, but I haven't heard anything about it in a while. The, yeah, the- it's been a while the dreaded progeny word, right? <laughs> <laughs> we need to hear more. Yeah. So many people really want this. And I, I have this feeling. It's kind of like, ah, it's, I, know.
1: <laughs> I feel like that too. I get that. That's the vibe I get too, is that it's sort of like, just not a priority right now. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, Jay says dispositions for sure. It'll add a lot more depth and making you think on the fly as you react to what they do. I like not being able to predict what my enemy is going to do at least you know i guess what he's saying is like you know you go to the same area over and over it just becomes repetitive but that this position changes it up it's a good yeah good what if those
1: uh what if those pyrophobic spiders we saw in the stream and what if instead of being pyrophobic they had gained a new <laughs> disposition yeah what if it was randomized you know what if they now they were like you know what they the, get what's empowered the by
0: fire <laughs> you yeah know, right
1: <laughs> <laughs> pyro amorous or something yeah.
0: who knows <laughs> Ooh, what you hear with the big <laughs> words um <laughs> our friend Nimufe said artifacts adding adventures game style exploration and unlock to an mmo it just sounds super fun artifacts really remind me you know Drop a love zelda like so it reminds me of those like times where you get those items in zelda that allow you to go to a new area you couldn't
1: get to before so a hundred percent a hundred percent it's exactly what it is and i love that too it's so awesome
0: yeah kath clark says there are so many exciting things on the way it's impossible to choose i will say perception and working towards being a keeper is one i've been thinking about the most it's a very mm-hmm. popular answer on this thread um mm-hmm. Christopher says end game content that's competitive between guilds. You don't see that much in our community. End game content. ah, Listen, you know, I love it. So,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's not it's not one of those features. They advertise a whole lot as much as one of their signature features. But we know it's there and it's we've seen some content about it. So,
0: yeah, I think people are going to be less worried about end game when there's a good mid game and a beginning game. I think that the reason people dislike the term end game is because most games that talk about end game are saying that's when it starts. That's yeah, when there's become things the to trend. Do. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: And I don't think we'll see that. Even, there's going to be an end game. I mean, if there's not an end game, then you play to 50 and you quit. <laughs> so, there has <laughs> to be an end game. Um, but it's funny cuz the next comment here by Trey says, "I do love end game in most MMORPGs, but I'm really looking forward to some cooperative group play and grinding dungeons, possibly wiping a few times on a boss mob or a botched pool." Yeah, I need that. So, kind of funny. <laughs> they were like right next to each other. I'm like, "Oh, that's 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 good. Let's do that."
1: Yeah. Good contrast.
0: It's a group called MMO Watch. They said trading. I love MMOs without global auction houses. And if you let us have our own merchants to set up shop where we want, you'll have a lifetime subscriber. (laughs) Oh, and open world dungeons. They're always fun to me. I love the chaos and social interaction that usually results. So good stuff there from MMO Watch. Mm -hmm. The next one's here is uh, gaft. Uh, Gaff says uh, mastery is very compelling. I'm excited to see how the class meta shakes out. I'm one of the few people that says meta in a, in a positive way. Um, <laughs> hopefully there are multiple pa- valid pathways dedicated by player choice and not forced designer choice. But he also says, I also like atmospheres and dispositions uh, for the depth and variety. So, so good.
1: really everything. He, he likes, likes everything. everything. Yeah, yeah. He's,
0: yeah. Well-rounded. <laughs> Savino <laughs> says always been a trade skill junkie. But the perception thing looks new and it's an interesting feature. But what I look most forward to in the com- is the community and grouping. Sick and tired of all the various massive multiplayer single games that's come in the last 10 to 15 years.
1: I want to point out there on the perception stuff that people have said in the last co-stream I, I, I counted there are over 15 perception pings. And I think that's actually a low number. If I remember correctly, it's actually much more than that. Mm. It was perception ping crazy. <laughs> so yeah, If you like yeah. perception and you want to be a keeper and that that stream shows it off really, really well.
0: Yeah, the one thing I'd say is it's probably front-loaded quite a bit in there because remember to be a keeper, you do have to go on a quest to become one. You don't just become one, right? In that demo, you kind of just are a keeper. Um, So there's, there's a lot missing to what that system's going to look like. And I think I actually saw a lot of people overplay that there were too many pings. I think that's, again, just for that evaluation build. There's a lot of things you have to sort of understand when you watch the evaluation build that it's not built for the core gamer MMORPG fan. It's built for a, you know, investor or a publisher to sit there and jump around and show different things in a board meeting or talk about what could be successful. You know, Mm -hmm. it's almost, you know, we talked about it before. It's probably gonna be something that's kind of guided almost. So, um, yeah, yeah, but but, uh, in in all, like, like I said, I love the pings. I love how it works. I love the discovery of it. It's, it's very cool. Uh, Two more on Twitter for this category. Core chamber says grouping centric combat with non-instance dungeons. Dungeons should be the home base of the baddies where chances are likely that you will die at the front gate. Not speed run, clear the instance, and no time to say hi. So,
1: <laughs> Dying at the front gate. Oh, so many memories of dying at the front gate of <laughs> oh, places. The plans. <laughs> Crushbone. Ugh. Yeah, everywhere.
0: Uh, And finally, the last one I grabbed here from Twitter is from Alan. They said character creation. I spend tons of hours creating the perfect race class combination only to realize my name is taken. Which I I thought that that was pretty funny. (laughs) That's so good. (laughs) Yeah, you're like so ready for it, right? I have not been able to get minus in like any of the games we play. So that's like you'll see me misspell it differently.
1: When we went to play EverQuest 2 last night, I went to put in my name as Theric. And of course it was taken. So I was like, oh, that's a bummer. And then I realized that it was taken by me because I had another character already named Theric on that server. So I was like, oh whoops. Okay, What'd you just delete him? So I deleted it and created a new Theric. Though Theric lives because That's my funny. other Theric died. That's pretty funny.
0: I mean, asking me this question is is tough. I mean, you know, we spend so much time covering this game and, and talking about favorite features. Um, I'll tell you, I just, I look really forward to sitting with a group of friends and sitting in a dungeon camp in a spot, just sort of the hilarity that will ensue on trying to pull multiple areas and keep it on rotation and maybe even busting a little balls back and forth or making things harder for the polar or making fun of Haya, you know, the healer blaming the healer, just that whole like fun experience of like setting up camp, locking down an area and just hanging out all night. I'm really looking forward yeah. to that.
1: Yeah. All the, all the MMO tropes, me too. I was, I was glad to see this question because I've actually been thinking about this in a certain mechanic lately. Um, You know, one of the things you see in gaming in general these days is is trends, right? There's always something that's trendy or or going on like a certain art style, right? Think about pixel art, how popular that's been, Mm -hmm. you know, since it got reincarnated and it's still going strong, even like a narrative theme. um, You know, the dystopian sort of narrative is very popular right now, sort of for various reasons. Um, but in terms of mechanics, it dawned on me that climbing right now is the trendy mechanic. Um, for Christmas, I, I got uh, Immortals Phoenix Rising on the Switch, and I've been playing it, and it's a perfect example of what I'm talking about. This is like, it's, it's a brand new game, right? And clearly it's like, and I'll say in air quotes, inspired by Breath of the Wild, because mm-hmm. it is very similar to Breath of the Wild. And I'm sure Breath of the Wild was in no part, you know, small part inspired by Assassin's Creed, right? Climbing in those games. So, I mean, these are huge companies making these games, right? This is we're talking about Nintendo. We're talking about uh, Ubisoft and others that are making these games with climbing as a mechanic um, on the edge of game development. And so this is definitely an industry trend. And I think VR has a huge opportunity to bring this trend to the MMO scene. I know it's been dabbled in before in MMOs, but I don't think it's been done the way they're doing it. And I love, love climbing things. Um, We've talked about that before. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be massive for Pantheon. The other other aspect of this, I'll just quickly mention, I've realized that if they're going to make climbing in a game, they better make an easy way to get down from those heights because there's going to be a (laughs) lot of people falling and doing death corpse uh, recoveries from falling down.
0: Hey, they used to fall off Caliphan, so.
1: That's true. Although... Yeah, that was elevator related as opposed to climbing. Oh, that was <laughs> but, missing uh, a
0: bridge. I mean, oh, I thought there was a bridge there, I just fall right off.
1: <laughs> true. Uh, maybe bad graphics are to blame on dark graphics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: so, it's yeah. funny you brought that up because, you know, one of the things that if you think like I, I've, I'm a big component of this game needs to stand on its own, be its own game. It can't be like EverQuest. It can't be like, wow, it has to be Pantheon, right? And it's funny because you're bringing up these tropes that are being popular in Nintendo games and, and, and all these different companies are making single player games, but these little things that those players can grasp onto because let's not forget something. One of the big difference between the MMORPGs that don't do well and the MMORPGs that do do well is that games like EverQuest, World of Warcraft, Final Fantasy, and even ESO, they create MMO gamers, you know, like, like Final That's Fantasy true. fans who weren't MMO fans came and tried Final Fantasy. Um, people didn't know what MMOs were. EverQuest comes out. And now all of a sudden people are like, wow, this is crazy. You know, Warcraft fans come in from Blizzard and Diablo and they're like, oh, let me try this. You know, that's the big difference between a lot of the games that come out then MMO fans try but don't like, but they don't pull in the outside the MMO crowd. And having these features like you just brought up, like climbing, that can relate to these game these gamers that play on the Switch and play console games and play single-player games is these elements that they're familiar with that Pantheon could grab them with. And that's what makes an MMO great is that it's not made for this small group of people. It's made to come bring people in who want to experience a great game and great worlds. And then you do it in a multiplayer sense. So I just thought that was a really good bring up on your part. And it kind of like all that snapped in my head as you said it. So interesting. Mm -hmm, Yeah. I hope
1: it does bring in those players. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Why not? Why not? So the next one here was the community debate. (laughs) You know how I feel on this one. Uh, Hide (laughs) combat numbers from the client. So basically they're asking like, there's a big forum post on this and they're saying, should all the numbers in combat be hidden so that you can't have DPS meters so that you can't, you know, use act stuff like that. Um, Mm -hmm. So let's read through what the community said. I tried to be fair in grabbing both sides. (laughs) So DM harm says, what is there to gain? The intention is to take the player focus off of numbers and min-maxing, then how will it tangibly improve that experience? That was a good point. He also says players will find a way to gauge their effectiveness and compare it to others. Not showing damage numbers won't change that. 100%. Uh, Rackus Talent said this is a very important and hard decision. With numbers on there, there will be competition between players and some players may get excluded if they don't bring the numbers people expect. Keep them off, but allow players to see their own damage in the combat log. Um,
1: Yeah, that's a
0: good point. It kills yeah, kills I just wanted to go ahead, Yeah. You go first.
1: I know. I know. I know. And I know I, I can see why you would say that. Um, I think it's a, I think it's an interesting point because it, it allows, um, for a balance to happen the way he's sort of describing it there. You know, it, I think, um, seeing your own stuff, um, is, is, is what you want, but I don't want to see everybody else's stuff necessarily, but mm. I don't know. I'm kind of mixed feelings about it. And, um, yeah.
0: I won't go into a ton of depth because we've had a multitude of discussions around DPS meters and just people don't seem to understand how much help you can do with them, how much you can teach someone to play who wants to be better. There's just so much positive, but this whole statement here, some players may get excluded if they don't bring the numbers people expect. Yes, that's life. If you don't have the performance level to be with the people who have an expectation of performance level, then you need to find people whose expectation is that of yours. This whole, yeah. I want to be in the best groups, but I can't be as good as them. So now I'm being excluded. I hate that. And we, I've said this many times. It's like the world. It's like, I can't go up to Elon Musk and be like, well, I want to work with you. I don't yeah. have the talent level. I'm I'm ex- well, excluded. Is it not I'm, fair? I'm excluded.
1: I'm excluded from the Olympics (laughs) because I'm not an Olympic athlete. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. I agree. You you can't be included in everything for every, you know, it's just, you got to find your, you got to find your, 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 your niche, I
0: guess. I'll go more into it at the end of this, but I'll leave it at that. Deuterino says numbers are an integral part of RPGs going back to the original D and D. It should be up to the community to decide how to utilize the data for better or worse. Either the community matters or it doesn't. Oh, love it. Love that um dan Scholl says in a log and displayed someone will eventually make an add-on for meters sad i wish people that grew up with wow could experience how it felt to not have dps meters it was all about community not just your gear people wanted to help now it's just solo the ladder to number one so before you respond to that somebody actually replied to him and i included that as well and this is rickard who said the game type is completely different between the two Even if a damage meter would exist, do you really think it would be like that? WoW has no world feeling. The game is towards what you say, ladder to number one. I doubt a damage meter would really change anything. I think it's actually better with it. So interesting Mm -hmm. little look from two people replying to each other respectfully. Um, And it's just, you know, it's that's the problem is that. They need to be there. We'll get into more. We'll get into more here in a second. Let's yeah. read through them. Jamie says, um, if you have no way to measure something, how do you track the changes? Now, I'm old and it has been some time, so I may have no idea what I'm talking about. But how do you know if one spec or weapon is better than the other? He's like, we used to use ACT, which was around for EverQuest. It's it's so funny to me that people pretend um, damage meters didn't exist for EverQuest when all the top players were using damage meters and log readers. Like it's, just, yeah. it's funny to me. I
1: don't know. It's funny because I I never used them and I didn't even, I mean, I can't really remember being familiar with them um, when I played EverQuest. And, and again, that's like, that's just not who I am as an MMO player. I'm not that kind of player necessarily. So um, it is, it is sort of like surprising to me that they were there. Um, but I'm not, I guess I'm not surprised on the same token because I didn't. I didn't like associate with every single type of MMO player. I was very much with people that well, weren't, I like to there do that. I like things I like to do.
0: You, you were discovering. No. It's EverQuest. You had no yeah. game before that. That's you true. know. It's it. That's the issue. That that can't be replicated. It can't. It will never be right. It's impossible. We need men in black little, like one of those things, little flashes. It's the only way. <laughs> mind mind yeah. wipes. Yeah, it's the yeah. only way.
1: I mean, it's just the thing is, if you don't want to use them, if you don't like don't. them, then don't associate with people who do, you know, yeah. just just make a guild of no damage meter guild and, and be on your merry way. You know,
0: Exactly. Uh, Jonathan Yeager says, have it toggled. User can opt in or out. Would like to see built-in damage calculator. Not a big fan of having to get mods for quality of playability improvements. Toggles. Ugh. Uh, Sean Holden says, do not hide anything combat related from the client. Please include built in damage meters, threat meters, full combat breakdown tools, including group and area or raid wide CC breaks, interrupts, et cetera. He wants all the data. Um, Ashran's fall says not worth hiding. It comes with great benefits of bug testing, balancing feedback. It's just one point of many. The positives of having it far outweigh the negatives of not having it. It's a good point. How -hmm. do you know things are working well if we can't even see the numbers? Um, goblin farmer, Goblin Spunk farmer, nice name, (laughs) nice name. Um, it says the community has to do its job to not allow toxic players to bar people from content due to not so perfect rotation. It's nice to have the information available to us to see progression and incremental improvements in our tunes. And finally, Rob says, do not allow meters in Pantheon because it trivializes the game into mid max. All fun and immersion is ousted just so some guys can stare at meters instead of interacting with others. The game should be immersive and deep. Meters make the game about numbers instead. So you had Damn. I mean, it, it's so funny to me, and, and Rob, no, you know, no, no uh harm no foul here in what I'm saying. You're obviously allowed to have your opinion, but it just comes off as someone who hasn't seen the positive. Because you're not looking. I mean, and, and I know that's harsh there. You can call me out if you want. But the, the simple fact is, is you're that is not going to happen to you if you're in the right group of people. So it, yeah. it becomes this whole thing again where we're taking a toll and we're blaming the toll for the result. But the people, to, the thing to blame is people. It's yeah. not the tool. People have changed since EverQuest. People are not the same the social climate is not the same gaming in itself is more popular and more competitive than it's ever been. It doesn't matter what game you're playing. People are speed running NES games. Do you realize that? Like those games weren't meant for that. It's gaming is becoming a sport and it doesn't matter if the game is made for that. People will find a way. So it's just you You can't say something so widely big like that damage meters takes all fun and immersion out of a game completely off topic. Like, I get it. You don't like them, but slow down a little bit. Like, just say you don't like them. That it hurts your immersion. But it, it it's... I have made so many great friends of people who were afraid to raid. Keep that in mind, afraid to go to a raid because they didn't know how to perform. So they never saw raid content. They never saw high level dungeon content because their reason to not go was they were afraid they couldn't do it. They were scared to try. And because of damage meters and because of spending time with them and helping them understand how the damage works, how their class works, things they wanted. If I didn't have those tools, those people wouldn't have turned into great raiders who got to see all the content they've never seen to tell me thank you, to have a whole different game experience and be able to then help others without numbers. You can't do that. And it's just, it's super silly to me to take something that is the basis of this entire genre and say it ruins the game. Like, that's too much. That's too much to me.
1: So, I mean, here's my thing, and I'll keep it short, but I'm not the type of player, like I said earlier, who would use a damage meter necessarily. Um, But I don't feel like it's something that needs to be, you know, uh, banned or uh, not allowed. I just feel like it's something that, you need to make a personal choice about whether or not it's something you want in the game. And if you if you think it causes other people to behave toxic towards you, I mean, what the one of the people on Twitter said was, you know, barring people from content is is toxic. I mean, that's a pretty liberal definition of what a toxic player is. I mean, <laughs> barring somebody from content because they don't
0: you compete at the, the same beneath.
1: level is a different thing. That's not toxic. That's just, that's just playing the game the way you want it and experiencing the way you want to experience it. I could experience life in many different ways. I could become, you know, an alcoholic and and be drunk all the time Mm -hmm. and experience life like that. Or I could, you know, do it in a, on the complete polar opposite and become like a a monk and focus on inner self-improvement and spirituality, that kind of thing. It doesn't mean like you shouldn't remove, you know, a way of experiencing something just because it's not for you. Like I said, I'm not the type of That's person a huge who would use thing
0: it. for me. Removal doesn't fix your problems.
1: Yeah. It's, and adaptation it, you
0: know, and evolution fixes the problems of the world. Removal does not.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, I'm I'm not to, I'm here to say like I've played lots of single player RPGs where you can really customize the combat feedback and you do need to in those games at a pretty granular level, right? Pillars of Eternity is a good example. I want to know if the numbers I'm rolling against to improve my chances in a battle because if i don't know if this mob is you know resistant to you know earth damage for example then i can't i can't have a chance to defeat it if it's killing me you know i don't know what i need to do to to defeat it so those numbers but again it's optional i don't have to see those numbers i can turn all that stuff off and i can just sort of play by feel if i really wanted to so i think that's i think that's where we sort of land
0: on this yeah so the last thing i'll say here is this you're not a numbers guy i am a numbers guy Mm -hmm. be honest we're in the same guild we're both leaders we're going to be doing content do you not foresee a time where we're busting each other's balls over the damage (laughs) meter and having some fun with it like on a fight where i'm like theric i'm beating you and you're like no and you take me down (laughs) right is that not going to be fun and goofy and have a good time with that come on
1: that's, that's exactly right. And that's what I was thinking as I was saying what I was saying. I'm like, I know that there's going to be times when you are going to, you know, we're going to be having raids or we're going to be doing content. You're going to be like, you're going to be crunching numbers You're going to be like, uh-huh. I'm like, I'm sort of tuned out to that. Like, I don't really, <clears throat> you know, I don't really get into it as much as you do, but we're, we're going to take it in our own way and we're going to have a good time with it. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, Friendly competition, man. If you're facing a situation where somebody you're really having friction with somebody because they insist that your numbers be one thing and you're like, I don't really want to do it that way. You know what? Do it with somebody else. You know, find somebody else who will do it the way you want it to do. Remove
0: the person, not the tool. Because you could go meet another person with the same tool and have a great experience. So it's not the tool, it's the person.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, again, I've said it before, but I think this might be just a byproduct of the sort of the single playerization of
0: um, of MMOs. I think it's I a think huge people- byproduct of of everybody expecting to be included in everything in our society. I know that's going to come off as harsh, but yeah. I'm I'm not included in certain things. I'm not going to be in a bikers club. I don't ride a motorcycle. <laughs> like inclusion is okay and welcoming is okay, but you don't have the right to just be where you want to be. I just yeah. I can't subscribe to that. I don't know. That's just my yeah, feelings.
1: No, I know what you're saying. I, I'm not, I don't, I don't 100% disagree about that. It is yeah. a, sort of a bigger, a bigger mentality, but, um, mm-hmm. but in terms of this, this issue, you know? Yeah. Like, I think that's, uh, I think it's an interesting discussion and I, but I think we're on, we land a little differently, but we still, we Pretty can close, still play actually. together. Yeah,
0: <laughs> Exactly. All right. So that's it for VR news and notes on Twitter and the recent announcements about investments, which we'll get back to in a little bit here. So
1: over to you. When the Pantheon community speaks, we listen. So let's dig into the forums and fan projects to see what the discussion's all about. Okay, so crafters, we have some catching up to do here. We uh, Over the Christmas holidays, we were given some serious uh, crafting beans um, from our pals Nafel and Convo over at VR about what crafting is shaping up to be in Pantheon. And um, this information was actually gift-wrapped for us uh, by community member Trassic. Who did an article over at Pantheon.plus, where you can read it, um, where he summarized everything, and and that's not even all of it. There's actually more. We saw the first implementation of crafting in the Co Stream in January, which was you know r- rudimentary, and and he didn't uh, <laughs> didn't really get it right. But um, you know just seeing it in there was was very cool, and how quickly has VR has been able to implement some of uh designs design is really exciting so you know Nafel's a busy guy um he he still posts uh crafting discussions on the forums there's a new one over there i didn't get to for this week um he even stops by and lurks during our rewind premieres so he might be in the chat right now and we might be talking to him <laughs> um so i'm going to hit the bullet points here from the pre-holiday uh, crafting drop and we'll we'll run through them and then uh, have a couple uh, discussions about it but um Some of these are really, really significant. First one is crafters in Pantheon will be able to customize the stats and the appearances of the items they make. The template will set the 3D model and the materials used will dictate the skin. Uh, Crafting will not be a simple combine button or a passive timer. Players will have to intelligently use the tools and abilities available in order to succeed. Uh, Certain templates will require unique crafting stations to complete. So that's cool, like unique crafting stations out in the wild, who knows where. Um, crafted items and stats, uh, crafted items, stats, and appearances are not going to be modifiable after creation. Mm. Very interesting there. There will be some subtle differences between looted and crafted items so that both will have value to players. I think we, we, we knew that. Mm. Um, and an adventuring class will, uh, level will not restrict crafting progression directly. So very cool. So you can sort of independently become an excellent crafter and not necessarily have to be an adventurer, Right. So, Mm. um, Lots of interesting points there. On harvesting, uh, we learned that tools and equipment will matter for harvesting. That makes sense. Crafting materials can be gained through harvesting natural resources, salvaging dropped items, and as loot directly from NPCs, likely those near harvesting node concentrations.
0: There I think you go. The, See, uh, I can be a crafter. I'm just going to go kill anyone who looks like a farmer.
1: <laughs> Your role is well defined here. <laughs> yeah, they've made it easy for you. <laughs> Salvaging dropped items is pretty cool. I really, uh, I'm glad to hear that because I think that's, I think that's really important.
0: Well, we got to get materials out of the game. We got to get items yes. out of the game that you could otherwise sell, and any way to do that, trademark is a really good <laughs> idea. So,
1: <laughs> I was gonna sneak it in there somehow.
0: <laughs> Uh
1: blacksmithing uh, got some particular love we actually again we saw it in the stream um so uh says um blacksmithing will use uh uh, one use molds uh common molds will be from uh open access npcs uncommon molds will be unlocked through gameplay such as faction locked npcs and rare limited quantity modes uh, molds will come from adventuring so that's very cool Uh, Molds will be templates that will tell you what generic materials or processed goods needed to uh, complete the item. Some molds will include optional materials to add things like Celestium shards, which we'll get to in a minute, but are not required to complete an item. And (laughs) um, yeah, then with regard to mining, which we we actually saw that as well in the stream, uh, co-mined some ore in the cavern there. Uh, they said nodes will be ore deposits. Ore deposits will have a lowest chance of being found in appropriate terrain. Larger nodes or clusters will be found in certain locations and often guarded. Dangerous and remote locations will have ore with higher quantities of exotic materials and higher yields. And each ore deposit will have a slightly variable mixture of primary metals, precious metals, exotic trace elements, celestium shards, and celestium dust. The mix will be discovered when smelting. Mm. how cool how cool is that right you don't figure it out until you actually take it back and smelt it this is one of the points i really picked up on when i read this the first time i was like wow so you actually don't know what you have until when you're out harvesting and stuff and then you go back and you take it and you smelt it down then you sort of like and i I don't want to use like the you know the loot box analogy because that's what (laughs) you get picked up on but it's sort of like you're kind of doing that a little bit right because you're like "Ooh, i've got all these nuggets of stuff that i gained what do i have what do I i have
0: I'm just really happy right now that, you know, Nefel was part of Pantheon Plus for a while and he agreed that he'll be making stuff for me. So, that doesn't go away. So, luckily, you know, I'll have all the best gear, daggers and stuff like that from Nefel. So, in advance, thanks for that, Nefel.
1: Yeah, you be, you better keep sending him your uh, your bribery payments because um <laughs> you don't want, you don't want your subscription to Nefel's crafting services to run uh, out. Yeah. But this stuff has Nefel's fingerprints all over it. Like every time we talked about crafting with with Nefel, this is like all these ideas, they're very um You know, I can see him talking about this and coming up with these very easily. And then lastly, we we need to talk about the Celestium dust quite a bit. And it's interesting because he says Celestium dust, uh, it comes in dust as a refining additive. Shards, which are special material components. Crystals, which are primary components. Cores, which are magic engines for big things. And clusters, which are huge, dangerous, magical deposits. (laughs) (laughs) It's <laughs> so cool. So, Celestium dust comes uh, in types which uh, of might, for example. Again, we saw this in the stream. There was a there was a Celestium shard or dust of might, and there was also something of, of another quality attached to it. And I don't remember what it is off the top of my head right now, but um, again, we saw it in the stream. So when these are added to raw materials during the refinement process, it confers a magical bonus on the process material. The magical enhancement on the process material will then be processed onto the final product that they're used in, and then lastly, Celestium is a material inherently important in the magic of, to the magic of Terminus and is found nearly everywhere, but in small quantities. So lots of good stuff there. And um, I'm not going to go crazy on the community comments because, um, you know, we could go on and on, but I did want to give sort of Trassic's take on this because he was the one who summarized this on the article at uh, Pantheon.plus. Here's what he said. I'm personally very excited about all the beans that were shared. Crafting is going in a direction I believe will stay relevant to the entire life of Pantheon. Assuming the magnitude of bonuses received from the raw materials and Celestium dust stays in relative balance with future dropped items. The more buttons and levers that can be, can be built into a system from the get-go will also allow for a very high degree of tuning and modifications in the future. Convo and Nafel have built a lot of buttons and levers into this crafting system. And Trassic is a experienced crafter. He He's uh, from the Pantheon Crafters uh, community and that site. So he knows what he's talking about. And, um, Somebody else actually pointed out how cool it is that um, the Celestium, you know, having ore named um, from the world that it comes from, like it sort of connecting it with the lore is very cool. Um, and there is lore about Celestium in two places. I included it one here in the notes because this is one I knew about at the time. Um, if you read the uh, lore on the Ratkin, when it talks about their species and their 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 culture and that kind of thing, there's actually a reference to Celestium being an activator for the um the sickness that that uh, the, the ratkin are uh, prone to called the drawn mm-hmm. and then there's actually a further post and i didn't include it here from Nefel that i think he may have spoken to jan gerhardt i don't quote me on this but it sounded very gerhardt ish on the forums about giving a little more lore detail about celestium so all good stuff two of my favorite things lore and, and crafting put together all that said mine is what, what do you think about this pretty cool right
0: yeah. You know, I've, I've constantly poked at Nafal and said, if you make a crafting system I'm interested in, then you've done God's work. Um, you know, it's, <laughs> uh, it looks like it's going to be pretty complicated. That could be fun. I don't know, man. I just, I am such a dungeon groupie. Like you guys are going to mm-hmm. be so sick of me jumping online when I do. I'm like, Hey, who wants to go do this dungeon? And minus we've done that dungeon every night. Yeah. Let's go. Who's in? Like, I just, I love it. I am such a junkie for dungeon crawling and camping and farming and killing and and just trying i just i'm hooked on it man i'm so hooked on it it's just hard for me to go do something like crafting where i kind of sit still and i'm kind of putting these things together and again i understand why people love it and i love crafters because they've helped me quite a bit but i i it's it's just tough it's really hard for me to sit and and do like crafting it is just very difficult so
1: i I agree and i think what your role is going to be i mean you're going to be harvesting though right i mean when you're in those dungeons killing like you're going to have a pick with you right you're going to be harvesting this stuff for depends on how much loot i got to carry
0: do i have room for a pick i don't know let's see
1: and if you're dying all the time it will remain on your body too so that's a problem who who you
0: think i am Ronak? that's not fair i don't die all the
1: time (laughs) i've played with you i know i'm dealing with (laughs) nice (laughs) <laughs> yeah anyway yeah no cool stuff i hope the crafters in the community um are, are really happy to hear this and i'm sure that uh it'll it'll spark lots of discussion and stuff like that if you haven't seen the article again go over to Pantheon plus check it out and uh that's it for this week's community discussions
0: controversy or is it it's that time again so last <laughs> week we did controversy or is it it was the first time ever And uh, we didn't agree. You said it was controversy, and I said it is not. So let's see how today goes. Today's topic is Pantheon gets a seven-figure investment. But wait, I thought (laughs) they were fully funded. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. So um, there's a quote uh, from Ben Dean recently talked about this. And um, it was during an interview with actually Nathan Napalm. Um, And it was actually picked up by Massively. So this is what he said um, uh, back then. And that was uh, in October. He said, uh, so Nathan asked whether crowdfunding alone would be enough, which Ben Dean said uh, is the case. He said crowdfunding at the rate it is now and has been will get the game launched. It will take more time than we would if we had a quicker injection from a publisher or a major investor. But I would rather get the game done uh, quicker without sacrificing our integrity. So, you know, that was um, 2020. um, And there's been I mean, every single thing Ben Dean's been on, he talks about how important crowdfunding is. Right. Well, guys, keep in mind, you can always pledge. I mean, so anyway, yeah. Um, Yeah. So Bazgrim (laughs) put out a series of tweets I want to read through. Cause um, he's talked about this before and it's been such mm-hmm. a hot topic. Like Reddit is blowing up about this. The forums are blowing up about this. The discord unofficial just has people going crazy about this fully funded comment. It's so misleading and there's so much the, the, the VR is lying to us and they said this and they said that. So Basgram kind of wanted to come out and, and he had this to say, and I'm not, Let me read through it and then we can talk about it. But he said, Mm -hmm. I've seen some confusion about how recent investment in Pantheon does not constitute full funding. While many people believe the product was already fully funded to release, I want to address that as is as that is a rumor that I must admit I am partially responsible for. He said in 2018, I misinterpreted a poorly worded statement in a Facebook comment from the Pantheon account. I included it in a video claiming the game was fully funded, and that video reached over 15,000 views. It may not have been the sole source of the rumor, but it at least contributed to it. He said he later found out from VR that they were, in fact, not fully funded. To summarize, the intended meaning of the comment was that the then-current rate of incoming funds, if it were to continue, that they would eventually be able to launch. They admitted it was poorly worded. This was early in his YouTube journey, and he wished that he would double check before posting. When I realized the inaccuracy, I took the video down and have since improved the process by which I verify information. You can find the original statement in context here, which he had linked. So you know, big on him. Nathan came out yeah. as well and said, you know, I've also said the same thing. I've been thinking about this. I'm going to guess I probably mentioned it, um, but at the same time, I don't know if I have. Like, I don't honestly know. I do know that I've constantly said we still need to get more people to donate. Like we still need to pledge. I mean, I talk about pledging all the time. It's one of the things that automates in our Twitch channel. Um, you know, it's one of the things that, you know, I, I we celebrate new people on the rewind, right. That pledged yeah. in or come in. So um, I, I might've said it. I've never believed that. Um, and you'll call me out if you have a quote or something, cause all my stuff's out there, but I don't remember being like, yeah, this game doesn't need more money. Um, ever <laughs> Um, yeah. it just it just seems very silly and then it's just weird because that skeptical community just pounced on this announcement calling uh you know oh well it was fully funded so now you know vr is lying and being dishonest with the community so they seem there, there's a huge subset of people on the on the skeptic side that are using this to label vr um negatively and calling this a controversy so theric what do you think
1: um, well, no, it's 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 not a controversy. Um, you know, the thing about the the fully funded thing is that it was sort of a common understanding in the community. I know I really I really respect what Basgrim is, is saying here. I mean, he's I I when he said this the first time, I really uh, my ears pricked up and I was like, wow, that you know, to sort of go back and look at what something you've said and, and sort of, you know, take ownership of something like that. Um, it's pretty, uh, pretty impressive. Um, and you know, we, we are always just doing the best we can. We're trying to interpret information as best we can. And it was sort of the common understanding that, um, that, that term fully funded was thrown ar- around quite a bit. But, you know, the funny thing I I find about this is that the same crowd who's who's sort of now up in arms um, is also the same crowd who said they couldn't possibly be fully funded because to be fully funded means, you know, the launch date. Right. It it has to be that way. You can't say you're fully funded unless you know the launch date. So they were saying that back when, you know, before um, this sort of fully funded idea was around or when it was sort of gaining traction, I should say. And sort of using that as a way of saying, you know, it's, um, you know, it can't possibly be true. And now it's like, now they're, they've got this investment and they're saying, well, what? We thought it was fully funded, right? <laughs> well, pick a, pick a horse, right? You're also the same and-
0: people that two weeks ago were like, if they don't announce that they're getting funding, I quit. I'm not following this game anymore. It's a dead game. So yeah. they announced the funding, which is super good news. No matter how you want to interpret it, it's good news. I, and I don't see how you can think this is
1: terrible. Now. Like I don't yeah. get how you can look at this from a really glass half empty perspective. I just don't get it. But
0: yeah, these are the kind of people honestly, and I'm going to get some shade for this, that it's not worth trying to please yeah. as simple as that. Like it's not worth trying to please people that constantly move the goalposts and change the story So everything is negative. It just doesn't work. Like you can't be somebody who said this game's not fully funded and then pretend you believed them and you're so misled. And oh, my God, like it's just BS. And, you know, the other thing that kills me about this, Derek, big game companies constantly make mistakes or misspeak or have to go back on things they've said. EA, Microsoft, Nintendo, everybody. Why should VR, who's a new company, who's never had a game, who's gone through some changes who doesn't have super funding, why are they not allowed to do it? If all these other companies that are super professionals do it all the time, like, VR is a bunch yeah. of humans. That's what we do. We make mistakes as humans. We, we learn and we evolve. You know, when you say something that isn't right, the best thing you can do is become more educated or figure it out and then change your perspective. It's called being an educated human being. If you just stick to a perspective and stick with it or stick to a statement and don't have the ability to evolve and say, oh, wait, let me rethink that when you gather more information or you realize you've done something wrong then you're just you're stuck in the mud like what are Mm -hmm. you then right
1: yeah i think i think on a past rewind the way i described it was um it wasn't like there wasn't a deception there wasn't anything sort of misleading it was it was just a matter of of not you know they have to be very careful about the information that they can't put everything out there their their financial situation can't be fully public information for you know for all the reasons that they talked about they say it on the forums all the time you know like it's just there's there's legalities involved There's they have to run their company to a certain standard and when you you know when you can't communicate everything you're always open to misinterpretation and on the previous rewind i said that i just think we didn't have all the facts you know they they weren't deceiving anybody they just we just they they couldn't tell us everything and that, so we we took that and ran and with it sometimes
0: they're bit. just figuring it out
1: yeah right it's it's a it's a it's a process right it's an ongoing process yeah So, so no, there's no controversy, you know, like it's just, I think sometimes it's just a lot of, uh, again, the loud voices, but you know, if, if you've got a legitimate argument or if you've got something, you know, that you want to try and make the argument, you got to be open to what would change your mind. Like, is there anything that I could say that would change your mind? You have to constantly be asking yourself that because if there is, that's good, you know, but if there's nothing, like if anybody, if anything I say to you, nothing's going to change your mind. Then you're sort of like, you know, it's we can't really talk,
0: you know, yeah, like it's, it's such a waste of time. It's a yeah. waste of time. If all you're looking for is to be validated, like move along. Seriously. Yeah. it's just, just I don't know, know. This is, a, this this is, is the this least is a, controversial thing that has ever happened in my life. Literally yeah, the game that we all want to come out, including those people, because they're telling us how VR is doing all wrong, how they would do it we literally get a seven figure investment and we're going to try to pick negative things about it. This is the most ridiculous thing ever. Like give these guys a freaking break. I want to see how perfect all those people are. That's what I want to see.
1: <laughs> like, let's, come on, let's take our, let's take our seven figures and celebrate every single one of them. Yeah, so geez, that's where like, I'm at. Come
0: right. on. Like find another day to complain, pick a class you like. That's been designed horribly, you know, talk about how you want crafting. This is a seven figure investment into the game. You want to play grow up, jesus no controversy (laughs) no not this week all right let's move on
1: sit back and relax it's time for the lore you know okay and now we're gonna have a reading from the book of availoth the primer on the human pantheon of deities argos he who brings peace Argos is the chief deity of the fortress Devire and the Devire noble family. While his title suggests a passive role, Argos is often paired with the elements of war. He is the bringer of peace, to be sure, but peace is often brought through conflict. Argos is often depicted on shields and sails, or in the case of Thronefast itself, on the massive ballista that faced the Bethrael seat. His presence is believed to determine the outcome of battle, <clears throat> and he's hailed as an undefeated in every encounter on Terminus. It is among the highest honors to declare a warrior fraught with Argos, owing to his or her inability to be deterred from victory. Argos is sometimes, sometimes referred to as the bringer, and his worship spikes in times of peril or battle, waning among the population in times of peace. Thus, his priests are known to remark, Argos is forgotten as quickly as he arrives, and lamented as quickly as he departs. And that's The Lore You Know.
0: Here's the mail, it never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it gets here, I just yell, mail! We're getting sued. Okay, so now it is time for the mailbox. Let's start with one from the fell. here. He says... What do you feel has been most influential item, loot, quest, reward to grace an MMO? Any MMO?
1: This is um, this is a great question. Really interesting, actually, um, because of the because of the word influential. Yeah. Um, I had to think about this one for a while, and I actually, believe it or not, I did a little uh, did a little research to get my answer on this one because I'm going to take a different perspective on. It. I'm going to say, um, I'm going to say there's a moment. In MMO history where a lack of any loot had a really big impact and was very influential. I'm talking about the famous story of the death of the sleeper on Ralston Zack in EverQuest, right? And if you're not aware, you should Google the story because it's really awesome. It's one of those legendary moments in MMO history where one of the biggest, you know, baddest NPCs, monsters ever created in, in an MMO was slain. Despite the fact that it wasn't intended to be slain, but actually had no loot (laughs) so so what makes that influential is that you know after it went down you know people i think started to look about you know mmo devs maybe started to um, know better than to design an npc that you think is unkillable or will (laughs) never be looted (laughs) because this one event proved that you better itemize your mobs because people will find a way no matter what you do to kill them so (laughs) that would be my answer
0: yeah, I'm gonna take the very generic one here that everybody probably thinks I'm gonna pick. It's J Boots. Um, I you're gonna go J Boots. Yeah, I mean EverQuest, right? It's called EverQuest. The game had pretty much no quests, but one of the quests that really stood out to me was <laughs> J Boots, and there were just so many pieces of it. That, first of all, the item was amazing. I, I had it on almost all my characters. I've told you before. I even had it on a Bard, which is stupid. I just wanted <laughs> to have it. Um, there was just so much about it, like. The, the rare ancient cyclops ring right like to find the ancient cyclops variety of ways you could was in itself like this epic moment and then you get all this copper and you're chasing this hasten boot around like an asshole that he was and trying to catch <laughs> him so you could hand him all this damn <laughs> copper because you were slow as hell running through was a Karana right yeah, yeah and it's just it, it, everything about it was such a trial of frustration <laughs> and time. And when you got those boots, you didn't move without yeah. clicking them. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, and, Even and, his
1: name, Hasten yeah. bootstrader was, was a troll. It was in your face. It was like, yeah. you know,
0: <laughs> Yep. And then the greatest part about it too was like, and, and I laugh about this cause I did this so much Is I'd sit in the East common tunnels and just keep right clicking them because it would post that message up for people to see that said like, you know, uh, blood scar feels faster. Right. And, mm-hmm. and everybody would see it. So I'd literally just stand by people clicking it, being a jerk, be like, Hey, I have J boots. <laughs> you know, you had that red <laughs> effect that would go around you. I mean, it just, Very everything. Oh man. And it's, I mean, to hold up the way it has, there are not, there is not a single EQ fan that you can say J boots and they don't know what you're talking about. Not a single one. That's I believe right. there's yeah. definitely like, Yakisha is really popular, but there's people that don't know what the yak is. You know, mm-hmm. th- there's, there's a lot of items in EverQuest that were super cool that people didn't see, but everybody knows what J boots are. And it's just, you know, without mounts, you know, yes, you could get Sal, but without all that stuff, like J boots were just, that they were it. Like that was the coolest item. And, and it's probably one of the coolest ever, ever made. And, yeah. and I just, I love it. Absolutely love it.
1: Yeah. It's great. I can hear that story over and over again. It'll never <laughs> get old.
0: <laughs> yeah. The next person here from, uh, Lepof, Lepof said, um, what is the most time you will take for vacation? Um, whether it's, you know, alpha beta or release, I'll start with this one. I I won't take vacation for alpha or beta. I will definitely request off for sessions, um, um, and just schedule myself around them. But for release, I'm probably going to try to weasel my way into close to two weeks off. I mean, I don't know if I'll be able to pull it off, but I, one (laughs) to two weeks with maybe stacking some of my days off.
1: I would love to see how you frame that for your boss, for how you're, you're going to be like, look, here's the deal. All right. There's a game. it's, I'm really into it. <laughs> you know, i, People you know, I, sure I work you'll with you have to come know. up with something creative.
0: People I work with know. Um, even my boss knows like this stuff I do and, and you know, they ask me to do some <laughs> stuff at work for it, like making videos and stuff. They know, they understand.
1: That's, oh, that's good. Then you have an advantage. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, for me, I don't, I'm not, I've said it before. I'm not the kind of the guy that rush into the park with everyone, but I'm going to break it for Pantheon for sure. I'm <laughs> going to take at least, at least a few days off, maybe, you know, make it an extra long weekend. So add on the Friday or the Monday or whatever it needs to be. But, you know, probably more than that, because now it's like the more we talk about it, the more I, I really want to be in there right away too. So I'll take some time. I just don't know. I don't know if it'll be weeks, or, but you never know. Never know.
0: Yeah, JJ says, in your own words and ideals, what does being Pantheon patient mean to you? And what kind of personal rewards and satisfaction are you looking to achieve by being patient? I yeah. mean, yeah, good. go ahead, go ahead. No, no, you go, you
1: go. Okay, yeah. I mean, here's what I here's what I think. I mean, here's a Pantheon patient for me, the Pantheon patient means world building, but not in the sense that you think about it from developers coding, designing, or, or bringing the video game to life. Not world building in that sense. I think of it as the building of the landscape of the community, right? This is the world for Pantheon that we're going to live in. You know, people talk a lot these days about toxic communities and toxic this and toxic that. And, you know, right now we're crafting the world of our own by being Pantheon patient. And, and, you know, that's what we're going to do. And it can't happen overnight, you know, so you got it. It takes time. The rewards, you know, will be when the doors fly open. We're all teleport to Terminus and instead of seeing you know somebody as their discord avatar or their forum badge or online you know sort of just how we know them right now just think of so, seeing
0: all those names running around that you're familiar with yeah right? that, like it's you know, gonna be crazy all the
1: people we talk to on a daily basis all the people on the rewind that we list that listen and we talk to and interact with and these are all gonna be people that we're actually going to see their characters you know
0: <laughs> yeah it's gonna be Great. really cool just <laughs> to see Pantheon that name patient. even someone you talk to once but you see that name around, like, hey. You know, and we we have an advantage too, like with Theric and Drac and Nathan and Baz and me, people are gonna really recognize those names, like right. Like, so it's gonna be really mm-hmm. fun. Like there's it's totally.
1: yeah. Um, that's, so that's the reward. I mean, that's it for me. Yeah,
0: yeah for me, you know, you? it's um it's it's <laughs> I'll use a sports term that unfortunately people in Philly may hate, but it's this whole, you know, respect the process, right? Like we're seeing inside a development of a game we hope to play for a very long time in a way that we would never get to see inside of this type of game ever. Um, We have this access to learn and talk directly to these people. And I'm not just saying we, like there's people in the unofficial discord who reach out and they respond, right? Like there's Mm -hmm. this connection to the development of this game that is unlike anything we may experience ever again. And it's just it's so fun to be a part of. It's like every moment I just want to feel and learn and enjoy. Right. Like I want Mm -hmm. to enjoy this process. Even the frustrations, like I'll get over them. Like I just, nobody here thinks that this game is going to be out tomorrow or even a month from now, or probably even a year from now. So the big thing with it is like, enjoy the ride. Like let's respect the process, enjoy the ride, learn something. Um, It's just, it's awesome. Like, I, I just I love every second of it. Like, yeah. I wouldn't trade this in for the world. I wouldn't. I've got to be honest. If they said, you know, when I said uh, when I donated in 2018 and I've, if I would have launched in 2019, we got to play it. That's awesome. But I, I don't know if I'd want to give it up for everything that we did instead. And yeah. like what we're going to do until that game hits. And I just think it's all valuable.
1: Yeah, you just live in the moment, man. Like live in the yeah. moment, you know. Like it's it's one thing. It's good to be future focused. I'm not discounting that, but you just got to live in the moment you're in and make and do what you know. Do what makes brings you joy in that moment, right? So this is what brings us joy. Be, being pantheon patient brings us joy, which is pretty cool. Yeah.
0: Well, everybody, thank you again for hanging out with us for the 40th episode of the Rewind. Derek, would you have ever mm-hmm. thought? Would you ever thought when we first made the Rewind, the very first time, me, you and Omega that we'd be sitting here 40 40 weeks in, in the show? <laughs>
1: it's it we're almost at as many episodes as years i am old which is crazy so
0: oh <laughs> <laughs> well, it has been Never a blast i can't wait to keep doing it um everybody just so you know we are looking at getting these shows onto twitch whether you're listening to it today on twitch or it's going to be in the future keep that in mind i hope you can adjust with us i um, just trying to clean up our streaming so our live streaming's all in one place especially so when pantheon does come out you know where to find us um, but uh, we've enjoyed this ride we're gonna continue enjoying this ride it's probably one of the most fun times of my week putting this together and debuting it as always Derek thank you for uh, being the best co-host in the world and uh, I look forward to playing some EverQuest with you this week I look yeah. forward to seeing your video about Rangers and Guild Wars 2 and mm-hmm. I just look forward to uh, everything growing everything evolving uh, updates coming with pantheon. plus very soon that people are gonna love I mean, Listen, every day is a new day. Every day is something new. We're evolving. It's it's a blast, man. So thank you for everything being at, being at my side here. And uh, other than that, man, I guess we'll see everybody next week. Yep. See you next week, everyone. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Pantheon Plus Rewind. Be sure to follow Minus and all Pantheon Plus related content on Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube under the name Pantheon Plus. Also, be sure to follow Theric at Pantheon Theric on Twitter. Keep up to date on all Pantheon Rise of the Fallen information on www.pantheon.plus, the definitive source for all media of Pantheon. Until next time.